So, Aaron, a short and rather somber episode, um, I'm afraid, of Broken Walls podcast. I think a, a very personal one for you. Why, why don't you... Why don't you share the news? So, firstly, I'd like to thank uh, Lewin for sitting in with me on this one. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm not really sure how to approach it. I, I recognise that in in British culture we have we have forms in certain things. There there is a there's a form for a best man speech at a wedding. There is a, a form for a eulogy and an, an elegy uh, at a funeral. There's a form for these kind of things. I'm not entirely sure what the the form is on podcasting for this sort of thing. But I just wanted to take a moment to share a memory or two of a remarkable woman who passed away recently, a member of my family. Kath was my cousin. She was the first grandchild in our family. And if you know anything about our family, if you've picked up anything from the podcast, uh, my mum is one of six. Um, and... Kath was the first one out, and then her sister Jen was the second, then my sister Helena came out, and then I appeared, and there was great rejoicing by my grandfather, who had multiple daughters and multiple granddaughters, and finally had a grandson that he could teach to play cricket. But one of the benefits of coming from a large family is that when people have their their children quite close together, and when they're quite close as a family, as we were and are, we tend to grow up together and my cousin Kath and Jen and Helena and I all grew up together uh, and recently Kath passed away from ovarian cancer. We knew that she'd been ill. We didn't really know how ill that she had been because it was private to her. And when the end came, it was a massive shock to all of us. And it's something that we're still kind of dealing with the the aftershock of and trying to process in our in our own ways and one of the ways that i wanted to do it was just to say a few words about kath on the podcast if this was a eulogy i'd now be talking about things like her achievements and um the things that she did in her life which were many and varied she was very professionally successful she was head of science at a very very good school she has uh, a fantastic husband and two lovely boys who I'm sure will miss her desperately every day. But the memory that keeps coming back to me is, is this. When my sister and I were little, um, my mum, who was a very sensible individual, and my dad, who uh, worked offshore, thought that it would be a good thing for us to move to the country for a bit before, as my mum put it, School got serious. Um, we moved to a place called Car Shields, which is up past um, Hexham, up past Allendale. If you want to Google it, you'll see it as much as it is now, Car Shields. Um, and we stayed there for four or five years. And it was an absolutely blissful and idyllic time. We literally had a river at the bottom of the garden. We had a road running through the middle of the village where if we were incredibly lucky, we might see one car a week and the entire village would turn out to watch it go past. I know this is might seem like retrospective engineering, but the summers always seem long and the winters always seem to have snow that you could go sledging in. And what made it so wonderful 
was not just the river at the bottom of the garden or the tawny owls that lived in the in the wood at the back of the house or the endless nights where you sat on the the queen's jubilee bench and you looked at the stars and you could literally count tens of shooting stars in any given minute it's not the deep dark cold winters where you would have six feet of snow and not be able to go to school for four weeks because the snow plow couldn't get through it's because at that time my mum and her sisters were incredibly close we revolved around my grandma and granddad smith who were remarkable people managing to get all of their children to university in the 1960s at a time when not a lot of people in the small village of winlayton got to university they managed to give them a shot at a not necessarily a better life but a shot at education and the opportunities that education could bring and car shields I've heard some people that I know say, oh, that must have been terrible for you. You must have been terribly isolated. It must have been horrible. But it was only 40 minutes away from Newcastle by car. So it was only 40 minutes away from my mum's family and my dad's family. And we saw them every weekend because they came up. It was back in the, the good old days when if a, if a house needed a new floor, then all of the uncles and aunts would come up and roll their sleeves up on a weekend and get stuck in. Or if, if something needed to be painted, you would see an uncle who was a brilliant PhD chemist mucking in with paint or a, an uncle who worked in finance laying bricks. It was one of those proper return to the country sort of, sort of things. And as children, we had all of that. We basically had a building site as a playground and then a lovely house to live in. We had countryside all around and enlightened parents. So we all had air rifles and pen knives, which every child should have. And every holidays, especially in the summer holidays, Kath and Jen and Jude and other family members would come up and the children, which is us, would put a big tent up in the field and we would, we would sleep in the tent every night and we'd have midnight feasts and all of those kind of things. The parents would do what parents did in those days, which is basically have massive barbecues, drink wine and um, sing songs. I, I seem to remember a lot of singing going on. One of the things that we did, because there was literally no traffic, there was one bus a week to Hexham. You might see a tractor. You're more likely to have the road blocked by cows than anything else. We would paint a tennis court on the road outside the house. And we would have these endless games of tennis with all of the children and all of the aunts and uncles and my mum and dad, and then and then members of the village. And it became this huge thing that would just go on and on and on into we literally couldn't see the ball anymore. And then we would yomp back up the hill and we would go and sit in the tent and giggle with our torches and have midnight feasts. And the parents would open a bottle of wine and put on some music and, you know, all of the things that parents do. And Oddly enough, when I heard that Kath had passed, I was actually up in Allendale. I was taking a drive up to where we used to live and I was walking along the river when I got um, the text message that she'd gone. And I was literally at the spot where we used to dam the river with, with, with boulders and sods of earth and make a swimming pool and i remember that we basically used to have breakfast and spend all day in the river and then paddy kath's dad would come and join us and splash about and we'd have a picnic on the bank and all of those things and it's a really happy memory and i think one of the sadnesses is when you are a child and you are living through that you don't take any notice of those moments because 
you just take them as read that they're going to happen. And you think that every summer will be glorious and endless and splashing in the river and sleeping in a tent under the stars while your mum and dad or are sitting playing the guitar and singing or, you know, passing passing a book around that they think the other person should read or talking about work and all of that. And you think that that will carry on forever. Those moments where there's no future and you're not worried about the past and you're not anxious about money or mortgages or work or any of the things that come as you get older. And it was really, really poignant. But I'm really, really glad that we got to share those moments and many others in between. I know that she will be awfully missed by her family, by her mum and dad, by Ian and the boys, by her sisters and brothers. She'll also be missed by by us, her cousins, and she'll be missed by her other aunts and uncles. She was a, a wonderful individual. In my family, which is a big family, you have to be able to hold your own in conversation, which means probably being slightly more sarcastic and sharp than most people would appreciate. But it tends to hide a heart of gold. And I think people who didn't know Kath well thought that she might come across as being brusque or not really suffering fools gladly, which is certainly a family trait that we all have. But if you got past that, she was warm and loving and kind and generous. And I'm really happy that when I went back to Tyne United, because I was never going to go back to rowing after living in Sheffield, I felt that I'd done it all at Agecroft. I'm really happy that I went down to Tyne United for lots of reasons. I've got great friends there. The Tyne is a wonderful river. I've had some glorious outings. I've met some fantastic people. But I also got to row with Kath and um, reconnect with her after life had taken us apart and in different directions for a long period of time. And I'll miss her too. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually just looking at Allendale on the map. Looks absolutely terrible, all those rivers and forests, big it was cricket a, fields. It was a horrible um, place to grow up. There was nothing to do. There was just like fields and rivers and air rifles. I don't know what my parents were thinking. Um, it's bizarre. I've actually been thinking about um, get, getting my kids an air rifle. Um, and just because we've got a really big garden at the moment and it's not like we can really be overseen. So um, I'm, I'm, it, it takes a lot less work than a cat and it's probably less lethal to they, they, they want a cat. I'm just thinking, oh, can I just get them like an air rifle? The problem is, Lewin, as you'll find, it's really hard to shoot a cat. It can be done, but when you're looking for precision over 10 meters, the air pistol or air rifle is probably a better bet. Indeed. I'm, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for sharing, Aaron. And I'm, I'm very much sorry for your loss. Um, and I hope this has helped a little. Thanks for letting me talk and uh, thanks for listening, Lou, and I appreciate it.